Hi everyone, and you're very welcome to Reinventing the Next Chapter, a podcast where I speak to women who either through choice or through circumstance have had to take a step back, reevaluate their lives and make some powerful changes. I'm your host, Elaine Ryan, life, career and relationship coach. If you're feeling stuck or not where you thought you'd be in life, my hope is that these stories will give you the inspiration and more importantly, the motivation to take the first step towards reinventing your next chapter. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Reinventing the Next Chapter. Today I'm joined by artist Hannah Sayers. Hannah, it's great to have you on the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me on. I've been really looking forward to getting you here for for a while because we came across each other on the Mentor Her program um, a while back and I love your art. So just would be great to to get to hear your, your backstory. For anybody who, who doesn't know you, do you want to give a bit of an intro and tell us who you are and what you do? Yeah, I'm a, an artist. I um, create semi-abstract original art, fine art prints and greetings cards. And yeah, it's kind of a long story how I, I got to this point, but I'm sure we'll talk about that. And I'm also a mummy, full-time mummy as well. <laughs> She's going to be three actually very soon. Oh, cute. Cute, cute but busy age, I'd say. Yes, into everything, but very, very cute. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, great. So I know you just said there, it's it's a long road to get to where you are now. So can I just take you back to when you were younger, when you were small, a a little bit older than, than your son's age, but when you were sort of maybe in secondary school, what was the vision you had for your life or how did you imagine your life was going to go? Did I have a vision? I don't know if I had a vision, but I was always into art and hoped that I'd be doing something in art. And I think I was quite sensible or like adult minded always. And I always worried that if I got into art, was it sensible? Was it the right thing to do? Was I able to make a career from it or should I take the sense what would be considered the sensible route, we'll say, and do something more professional where I might get a more stable income? And because my father is self-employed, I think it always sort of played on my mind when I was younger. He used to say to me, it's either a feast or a famine. I think that played on my mind for many years. And I thought I have to do the right thing and I should be in stable jobs and whatever but when it came to um going to college I was touring I was thinking you know I wouldn't mind doing teaching but I would love to do art I think my father probably backed me and I went for the art and I didn't know at that point what route that was going to take but I kind of had fashion in my mind at that point when I was a teenager I was really into clothes and I was really into fashion and I used to sort of cut all the celebrities out of the magazines and all the um the fashion wares and everything and I was really into that yeah that's that's when I <laughs> went to art college first and that's interesting that so the sensible voice was coming from yourself as opposed to your father yeah I think dad always kind of I'm sure he probably would have liked me to have been sensible but he was kind of like you do what you want to do and 
he definitely had the philosophy of like you know that saying where it's like if you if you juice what you love you will never work a day in your life after this way yeah and yeah I think he just wanted me to be happy and I was very lucky that that was the case because I know other people that probably would have liked to have done something more creative and were maybe shoehorned into the you know be sensible be be real with real life now that sort of way and that's yeah. was like oh sure look go to art college and see what happens and we'll work it out along the way somewhere so he was very supportive that the sensible voice was was your own whether you subconsciously picked it up so he did support you and then you went on and went to art college so was that <laughs> what you imagined or how did that work out no it wasn't what I imagined at all I um I started off I went to um the Limerick School of Art first and had all these notions that I was going to be a fashion designer and it was going to be great and and I got there and it was just like it hit me in the face how many other amazingly talented people there were out there and it was like small fish big pond sort of scenario and um I went in and I was shocked and everyone was like really super competitive and a lot of them were older I was surprised I just come straight out of school did my portfolio in school and went straight into art college a lot of them had done courses beforehand where they maybe worked on their portfolio they worked on their art beforehand and then got into art college by doing those courses and I was 18 very young very naive and they were had already worked hard to get to that point and they were super competitive and I was just overwhelmed and shocked and was really looking forward to doing all the creative bits and pieces but I think I was still unsure in my head of I thought I wanted to do fashion, but when I got there and there was an overwhelming sense of, oh my God, all these people and all this competitiveness and everything, I was like, maybe this isn't for me. I started to self-doubt and very quickly didn't succeed within the fashion department and ended up going into ceramics. And then I was in there and I was thinking, right, okay. And my sensible head was back on again. And I was thinking, hmm, ceramics, there must be some jobs in ceramics. Everyone has to use ceramics in everyday life. But there was a lot of people in that too and a lot of competition in there too. And I mean competition in a good way where you're aiming to succeed, not in a everybody's competitive with each other sort of way. I met some really lovely people through our college. But I kind of, I wasn't happy and I didn't really know where my place was. I'd gone from one thing to another. Then there was a transfer up for any students who wanted to transfer to NCAD in Dublin. So that's the National College of Art and Science. Anyone that's up and out in Dublin. And they had an art and design course where you also did educational elements alongside that and teacher training. So at the end, you had your art and design degree and you had your more sensible route of doing art and you could do teaching. So I thought, right, in my head, I'm like, right, this is the way now I can do art and I can have a steady income at the same time. I went for it and I got it and I got in. And I hated it. <laughs> oh no, poor you. And, you so know, up, up until this point, all the dreams, you know, my whole life I've been into art and thinking, what a great life. And I had liked the idea of doing teaching when I was in secondary school as well. And this just seemed like perfect. And I got there and I hated it. So the, the your first college experience wasn't what you thought and was Not quite overwhelming <laughs> and you ended up working in ceramics and and are not working studying ceramics and then 
you moved to Dublin to to pursue a different avenue, but also an art, and that and that wasn't what you wanted either. And was it about the course that you didn't like? It was a lot more work than I anticipated because you have the studio practice, the studio design, and you either got to pick ceramics or you got to pick painting as your art discipline. And I didn't really fit into either. I kind of, I chose painting because I had already tested out doing ceramics and I didn't really, it didn't fit me. Um, I still love ceramics and I love to buy ceramics, but I don't love doing ceramics. So I went for the painting, but at that point in my life, I was very much more graphic design-y, I would say. And and they sort of, they wanted you to be more fine art. And I just was not at that point in my life. So I started to become very sort of down about the whole thing, very sort of judgmental about my own work. I lost any sort of confidence I had in my own work. And then at the same time as that, I was doing teaching practice and you're thrown into a room with, I mean, they prepare you, but you're you're sort of thrown into a room of children that are not that much younger than yourself at that point. Like I started doing teaching practice when I was 19 and I was not, I would say, authoritarian in any way. And those kids knew it. (laughs) They were just, mad and I did not know what was going on but I stuck it out for my three more years I just in my head was like I've got to get through it I've got to get my degree I've got to get through it and then I'll see what else I can do and I did get through it I'd say by the end I had little to no confidence left in my abilities in pretty much everything because I had so many knockbacks at that point I didn't really know what to do. And the only thing I liked during that time was we had like sort of computer classes where we did blogging and videos and little bits of like more graphic design and photography. And I enjoyed that. And I started blogging. (laughs) And this is kind of where the journey starts to how I got to now. And it is a really windy road. (laughs) But yeah, I started blogging and I did that for a long time. I actually did okay. I was one of the like very original sort of beauty bloggers back when that sort of whole genre of media started. And I got nominated oh. for a few awards and shortlisted for a few awards. I was doing okay on that. And I weirdly fell into PR through that. I started off by while I was blogging, I I obviously needed a bit of money and I had left college and I was still in Dublin. And obviously I'm from Kerry, so I needed to get myself some work. And I started doing an internship in PR and marketing and I really enjoyed it. And after my year there, I had two options. I'd gone for a couple of different interviews and I had been offered another internship with a, a very nice prestigious magazine here in Ireland and I would have liked to have gone for that but it was another internship wasn't going to pay a huge amount or I was offered a job in an Irish um, global fashion brand here and um, in their communications department I my sensible hat on again went for the job in communications I loved it 
I loved the job. I loved the people. I loved the company I was working for. And I was there from 2014 to 2019. And while I loved it, it was long hours and it was very stressful. And I was working with some high up people and it was stressful. And my mental health then started to decline because I wasn't giving myself any time. I was working, working, working. And when I wasn't working, I was thinking about work. Yeah. And it got to a point where I didn't want to do anything on the weekends anymore because in my head, I wanted a break. I wanted to, in inverted commas, relax. And I thought that if I did anything on the weekend, I wasn't relaxing. And I'd go into work on Monday even more stressed than when I came out on Friday. Yeah, I can identify. Really, really started to work myself into the ground. And I sort of made myself, the stress sort of made me ill a lot. I would get infections, I would get every cold that was going, I would get the flu, I would get, you know, I went to the dentist once and she said that you're chewing the side of your cheeks because you've got two canals down the side of your inner cheek. And she said, that's from stress. So, you know, we need to stop doing that. And I was like, all right. Your body was kind of reacting to the stress. Yeah. And I went to the dentist another time. I had a gum infection and she was saying, reoccurring things like this, this is all stress. She was like, you need to listen to your body. She's like, is there anything else going on? And I was like, well, you know, I keep getting infections. I keep getting sick. She was like, you're run down. She's like, you are flat out. She was like, you need to listen to your body and you need to stop. And it was like this random dentist that told me this. And I was like, right, okay. Like, I knew it, but I didn't know it. Because it's usually the GP, right, as opposed to the dentist. But, uh, yeah. Oh, my GP. <laughs> I anybody working in, yeah, it can come out, <laughs> come out in, different, in different ways. So I suppose, like, after the, you had done the initial art, which led you to ceramics, then the next step was the kind of art teaching and... Then the blogging, which it sounded like you were brilliant at. And then this communications job, which you really loved, but you were mm-hmm. essentially working yourself to the bone. So as you said, a winding road, but lots of interesting things I'd imagine along the way. And it's interesting that you mentioned a couple of times like this, you didn't like the the art teacher training, but it, you, the sensible voice told you to finish your degree. Then the sensible mm-hmm. voice was telling you to dip from blogging into the proper communications role. So that obviously has been a, a companion in your head, the sensible voice all along the way, which is interesting. Definitely. My parents anyway didn't go to college or university or whatever. And then when you get the chance, like, yes, the chance to better yourself. And that's what it was seen at in my generation. But yeah, it's not the case anymore personally. So I suppose, was it then when you began to get what it sounds like burnt out, was that the point when you kind of started questioning where your life was going and, and whether you needed to make a change or not? Yeah, I kind of wasn't sure what to do. I had been headhunted by a couple of other companies as well, privately through the likes of LinkedIn and things. And I had turned down the role because they were higher roles than the position I was in and I loved the company I was in and I thought I'm going to be going into something 
more stressful than I'm in now. And I know what I'm in now. Better the devil, you know. And I liked the people who I was working with. I turned down those other roles and thought, do I keep going here or do I do something else? I kept going for a while and wasn't sure what to do. And then I got pregnant <laughs> just to throw another okay, another thing in there. Unfortunately, I did not have a good pregnancy. I don't know if you know hyperemesis. Yeah. Um, I think I talked to you about it before, actually, but I had hyperemesis. I'm never going to be able to pronounce this right, but it's hyperemesis graviardium, yeah. I believe. And I was very, very sick. I started feeling sick in work by about three weeks pregnant. And obviously, most people don't know they're pregnant by three weeks pregnant. But I did because I felt so unwell. And by week six, I was hospitalized for the first time. So I wasn't really eating. I wasn't really drinking. And by the time I got shaken into hospital, you know, myself and my husband didn't know. We didn't. We thought this was just normal morning sickness. We didn't know how bad I had it. We had nothing to compare it to. And by the time I was hospitalized, I was like severely dehydrated. And for the rest of my pregnancy, I was in hospital once a week, twice a week, sometimes to get fluids and to get vitamins to keep me going. And I was on a lot of By the end of the pregnancy, I was able to sort of manage a bit better. But at the start, I couldn't even talk. I couldn't even look at my phone. I just get sick all the time. I was in bed bound the whole time. By the end, I was able to sort of communicate. I was able to use my phone, but I was in bed. I wasn't able to work the whole pregnancy. So I went from this really sort of busy, busy, busy job and within a week or a couple of weeks of finding out I was pregnant, I was in bed. Like I went from zero, like from 100 to zero, basically. It was kind of like shocking. You know, it just was like, wow, <laughs> what has happened? I found it really hard mentally to stay like in bed. I obviously knew that I wasn't well and I was sick and I couldn't physically get up. But in my head, I was like thinking about all the things I had to do and how was I going to do simple things like prepare the suitcase and everything for the hospital and all these mad things that you think about and couldn't stop thinking about work and but eventually I did because I mean nine months in bed you stop thinking about it eventually when I was well enough to sit up and well enough to sort of do things I started sketching in bed and I uh, was playing around with sketching and that's probably the most I could do at that stage but I, I did that for the rest of the pregnancy and after I had my son I kind of again suffered with mental health after having been away from life from everything yeah for nine months and um I my anxiety got a lot worse I had a little bit before because of work and the stress but it was a lot worse after I had him and work came a knocking when he was about three or four four months I think because because I had been off you know what my maternity leave had already been extended and he was about four months I think when they came to see if I wanted to come back and the panic set in again the stress set in again as soon as I had those calls with them yeah and um, my husband was like I don't think you want to go back and I was like I don't so (laughs) I was like right okay made the call get to work I'm really sorry I'm not I don't think I'm ready to come back and they were very nice very understanding and that was that then I had to decide well what am I going to do now my husband was like well you are clearly loving what you're doing with the earth why don't you just give it a go and I was thinking 
Jesus, he's mad. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm sorry to hear like everything you had to go through. It sounds like a shocking pregnancy and after being so stressed and everything beforehand and then being bedridden and and all of that. But it sounds like weirdly, you know, something good came out of it that you kind of rediscovered art because you essentially couldn't do anything else. Like I said, it's been a long road to get here, but it all seems to have found me at the right time, if that makes sense. I know it wasn't a very nice road a lot of the time, but I'm delighted with my son. He's like the best boy. (laughs) I'm sure all mommies say that. And I'm doing something I love now and mad. I I literally did think my husband was mad. I was like, you know, this is no stable income. And he was like, well, I mean we had to manage while you're sick so give it a go and it was two years about a week ago since I started my little art business and I'm still here right now and it's definitely been a struggle but well yeah and I saw that on Instagram that it was your second year anniversary so congratulations that's a great achievement and 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 it was great that I suppose again like when your your dad was supporting you when you were younger the pursue the art even though it wasn't necessarily the, the sensible option and then your husband supporting you to to get back into it so that's great that you've always had people kind of working you along the way um, with something that isn't necessarily I suppose a lot of us that aren't artistic can't really identify with it so that's great and so like the two years on with your own business and what have been the best bits along the way oh a lot Lots and lots of things. First of all, the freedom. I know we've talked about that I use the word freedom a lot. A lot. But yeah. I think now you kind of know a bit more in depth about the past and everything. I think the word freedom fits very well. But the freedom I feel now to do what I love to do. And also I'm able to have my son full time as well and not have to entrust him to someone else. I mean, again, that means that I end up working odd hours and things like that to fit around him, but I still have the freedom to do what I want to do. Other things that have been lovely along the way is I've made some amazing, wonderful friends from other small business people I've met along the way. And that has been such a joy to meet so many lovely people. And I've made a best friend out of my other artist pal, Susan Ellen Igo Ersh, I give her a little shout out. Right. And I've been featured in some magazines, which has been lovely. And I've met some lovely customers. And it's all actually been mostly like meeting really nice people has been the best bit, I would say. One thing I suppose as well as your amazing artistic talents, your great artwork and everything like that, is you're very driven in terms of how you you promote your business, which yeah. a lot of new business owners struggle with. Do you want to say anything about that? Yeah, I mean, I think you can set up a business and you can hope it's going to do well. And I think from the outside, it can look like people are doing really well and they're not. I definitely am still at a point where sales are not fantastic and hopefully they will be at some point. But it is a struggle and you do need to push yourself at every opportunity. Take every opportunity you can and you have to, unfortunately, you have to work really hard in this day and age. 
a lot of that on social media. It's daunting and it's horrible to put your face out there and your voice out there. And sometimes you have to listen to stuff back. And I think, oh my God, I sound and look ridiculous. But it's the stuff that you have to do in this day and age. And you want your customers to have the trust in you and you want to get repeat customers. You want people to get to know you. That's what they want. People want to get to know you. They want to get to know the face behind the brand. Then you have to put yourself out there. You have to be prepared to put in the work. Yeah, get your face out there and get your brand out there. I suppose you nearly just need to get over yourself, don't you? I'm not saying about you specifically, but people in general, you know, I've had to do it as well. You just need to say, I just go for it. And okay, it's a bit cringe, but you don't meet the, I think the reactions we think we're going to get from other people are a lot of it's in our head. So I think that's really good advice. You have to work really hard and taking every opportunity and probably saying yes to things, even if you don't want to do them is good advice and what would you say have been the challenges I know you mentioned it's kind of finance piece there building on that yeah definitely like like I said you have to take multiple different avenues at the start I mean you can't just set up a website fish bash bash and you think that sales are going to come in you have to look at multiple different revenue streams avenues for you to get your work out there so like I started on Etsy before my website and Etsy didn't work great for me now, but it does work, work great for other people. And my cards are in a few little shops and I would hope that I'm going to be able to work on getting a few more shops. Um, I'm always on the lookout. But, you know, you have to sort of get multiple avenues to get your work out there and get sales in because that is the hardest part. You can upload and upload and upload to social media to your heart is content but at the end of the day you do need to make money for yourself and um, there's lots of different ways to do that you just have to research the best ones for your business so you're two years on with this uh, your own business and you're you're obviously enjoying it lots of great benefits the freedom but some challenges so what lies ahead for you hopefully I'm going to be expanding I do greetings cards hopefully I'm going to be expanding doing greetings cards I, like I said, I would love to get into some more shops with those cards. I am doing about three collections a year at the moment of original artwork. And from that, comes fine art print. I am hopefully, I say hopefully, it is confirmed, but you never know, going to be hosting an exhibition in the autumn. Brilliant. And that will be fantastic. And yeah, just. I just, as an artist, just keep going, just keep um, trucking and producing the art that I love. And getting to, to spend a bit more time with your son, who you obviously yeah. are mad about as well. Uh, Donica, yeah. isn't it? Donica, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we're nearly there. Um, where can people find you if they want to buy some of your art or your greeting cards? So um, my website is www.fairstudio.com and then it is at Sayers Studio on all social media. Brilliant. And I can put that in, in the show notes so people can can directly link into it. And yeah, it's been brilliant talking to you. And I, I already have some of your paintings and I've got some of your cards and stuff as well. I love the the colours that you use and definitely the freedom aspect. They they definitely represent freedom to me as well. 
So it's been great to chat to you. I'm sure there's lots of great advice for anybody listening who's who's in a, a similar position. And I'm sure your dad is very proud of you as, as an entrepreneur himself. You've obviously learned something from watching him as well. So thanks a million. Thank you. Bye. Thanks to my lovely guest today. And thanks to those of you that listened. If you like this episode, please share or tell a friend. I'll be back next time to talk to another amazing lady who has reinvented her next chapter.